Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Cloud Architects podcast. Today, with added silliness. Well, there's always silliness. You'll see the laughter at this. Just show's already started, and it's already laughter because Warren is back. We're all Warren together. Back. The band is together. Yeah. So yeah. good to good to have you, Warren. <laughs> um, also, very excited to have uh, so fellow Aussie MVP Lars on. Uh, on the show, and we're going to talk about something a little different, I guess, today, or at least a little different from what we usually talk about, although I'm sure we will rabbit hole our way back to where we need to be. Um, but Lars, just for uh, for everyone who uh, does, doesn't know you just yet, uh, do you want to just do a quick intro of yourself and the things that you get up to? <laughs> quick? Yeah. What, what's quick? <laughs> Have we got 20 minutes? No. Um, we I do, we, so do. we just no. spent the last 20 minutes trying to figure out how to get our microphones working. That's true. I should have spent that time figuring out what I wanted to say. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yes, I'm Lars. Um, I am based in Australia, but I'm originally from Denmark. So I moved here about 20 years ago. So I'm probably more Aussie, really, than Danish by now. But, you know, I claim both. And, um, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a Microsoft MVP, just like Chris is, um, for Azure, where you are. Are you 365 or something? I can't remember. 365, yeah. Nick's an MVP, too. Hmm. Ah. Yeah, well, there we go. Uh, for so, for so, Azure and for Office 365. So we, we have that in ooh, common. Deal, and all over Achievers, hey? All yeah. over Achievers. Yeah, no. Jeez. Probably well, Warren's a blue badge, so. Um, yeah, no, I was <laughs> an MVP. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I've, I do a whole lot with Azure, I guess. Um, but mm-hmm. my day job is for Pluralsight, where I'm a, in developer relations. I'm a developer advocate, um, which is an interesting proposition in itself, considering Pluralsight's a training platform. And we don't actually have any developer products as such, like APIs and stuff. Because um, you think of DevRel normally, it's like, hey, I built this thing with the API that we have kind of thing. And we don't have that. So True. it's very challenging. And I, I kind of get to do a whole bunch of different things that I dream up, which is fun. Mm. Um, but it all has to do with you know, trying to make people excited about technology, essentially. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do home automation. Which I think is what we're going to talk a bit about. <laughs> um, so that's that's probably. I live on a farm, right? And everything tell your house to do something while we're live. Like do something, something in the deck there. Tell your house to do something now, right? Like See, turn off the lights. But that's the thing. <laughs> See, that, everybody has their own conception of, or, or, yeah. or, or you know, idea of what home automation is. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything text to speech, or you know, nothing at all. Control. No, really. Okay. Exactly. So you don't use Siri, you don't use Alexa. No, because in my world, automation is what I do to not have to do it. Hmm. So I say okay. time. Oh. Right? So the, the majority of the things that I've done, I have done lighting as well and stuff like that. But the majority hmm. is because we live on an old farm, is to try and get old crap automated so I don't have to deal with it, basically. Hmm. Um, <laughs> chief amongst is my watering infrastructure. We spend an awful lot of time automating different things and monitoring and gauges and whatnot, sensors. Um, yeah, so that's it's like it's a bit like saying, "Oh, we let's talk about Azure." Is like let's talk about home home automation because it's yeah. such a vast area or topic. So, but that's why it's cool. I like it. Right. Well, I mean, it is. It's a pretty. It's a pretty geeky topic, right? And I think um, I. Yep. I miss the days of being able to do that. Do the do automation stuff. I haven't done anything since I moved back here. So I've been you know a year now automationless um and it's it's been it's been interesting you know we when we when we lived in the u.s we um we had automation throughout the house and it took years to build up that system to be what it was 
and mm-hmm. you kind of get forget about using light switches and you forget about using well mm-hmm. most things because it just you know the, the stuff just happens right because yeah. of the automation yeah um and then you come back and you're like oh yeah i got which way's up again which way's on off with the light switch uh, just to be able to kind of make things work um so yeah i, I think it's... it can be a particularly geeky topic it can i i, I enjoyed the, the the light switch thing because that's always the first thing people go to when they think home automation is like, oh, I don't yeah. have to press light switches. Yeah. But then we're renovating an old farmhouse from the 40s and we're keeping it in the style of the 40s, but then I'm making it smart as well. So we don't have, we, we, we don't have switches that glow in the dark or look like that because they don't fit the theme. Mm. So we have old, well, they're new, but they're old school like toggle switches. So they go click, yeah, click. Put a Shelly like in the background or something. Exactly. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I've done. Um, and then I've used, I started using Wi-Fi bulbs at one point, and then I realized how crap they are. So I threw really? it all out, about 40 yeah. of them, because it's just, it, it's you're just exchanging one problem for another. They just don't yeah. work. Um, so as Warren was saying, Shelly's, which is a, mm. a smart Wi-Fi switch, you put that behind the switch or somewhere mm. in the system, you know, logically behind the switch. Um, and then the switch works. It's what I call the parent test. My mom can go and turn the light on and she's not confused. Mm. But yeah. I can do all my automation and turn things on and off, and you know you have yeah. it away from home mode, et cetera, et cetera. All those things will still work. So, yeah, it's it's there's many ways of doing things. <laughs> I, yeah, I, did. I, I think um, yeah, Warren, you go ahead because I know yeah, when I, I you know, when I visited you last year, we spent yeah. probably <laughs> two hours <laughs> going through all your automation stuff. Yeah, we while, did. While we the did. girls were just like, uh, no, we're not going to sit. You know. <laughs> You know, and there's there's so many different brands, and there's so many different ways of tying it all up together. Um, you know, like I use, I mean, geez, Nick being in Hong Kong now, I mean, my home or my home home automation journey started with Xiaomi stuff. We would like walk around the streets of Hong Kong, we'd hit the Xiaomi store, and then we'd be like, mm. okay, whoa, this is cool. And you would literally buy a whole bunch of Xiaomi stuff from bulbs to whatever. And then you got home, and then you couldn't get those here, so it was something else. And you went and you were like, okay, well, uh, you get the Benita stuff, or you get Tismoto, whatever the case may be, so you, then you start upgrading the firmware to the open source version. Yes. And you've got this, this smorgasbord of stuff that you need to now put together. And like, as far as my wife and my kids are concerned, they don't give a rat that not at all. I mean, as long as Alexa can turn the light on and off, then they're happy, right? As long as (laughs) when they walk out of the room, the air conditioning goes off or on or whatever the case would be, they're happy, right? So, I mean, my kids don't even use light switches anymore. They just use voice control. I mean, turn my lamp purple or whatever the case would be is all, I mean, they don't even... I'm turning the fans on or I don't know, like just general stuff that they would normally leave the couch for. They just don't do anymore. And if it stops working, they're like, <laughs> what's broken? <laughs> and you don't, they actually have no idea what's going on in the background because home assistants had to be configured with all of these different connectors so that they could each do the job correctly, you know? And so um, I have a friend in Cape Town who, you know, with, with the water shortages last year, he's gone and done this whole gray water system, which mm. is insane. Had his own PCBs and everything all printed. 
and he's got filtration systems and he puts like live cultures in there and he takes all of his bath water and all of his gray water. He tanks it up, he purifies it and he spits it back out into his garden. And he's like pretty much, he was like the pretty much the only dude in Tableview two years ago that had a green garden <laughs> because nobody else was allowed to do it because of all the water restrictions. Mm. So, I mean, and his, his is like insane. I mean, those flow meters and, you know, how much water he's actually recycling, how much he's using on a daily basis, what is coming in what's going out you think to yourself wow <laughs> you know this this stuff gets gets very and everything was built from scratch like you know you know, go to communica or rs components and you place an order and that's that you know yeah so i, I, like I, I have a question for the two of you if i may Go for so it. you talked about Shelleys like you you both know what they are. Now, for, for the rest of the human beings who have no idea what a Shelly is and why you care and why you choose a, a Shelly over a not Shelly, can you give us a little bit of background? It's just a, sure. it's just a popular brand. Well, so in Australia, there's a bit more to it um, yeah. because you can get many different kinds of sort of Wi-Fi relays. So you, some of them you power through, you put 12 volt through and you can switch them on and off with through your phone or whatever. Um, some of them are 240 volt. Um, there's all different kinds and there's many different brands. Now in Australia, we are extremely scared about people doing their own wiring and, and electrical work. It's just not allowed. You cannot do anything legally. You have hmm. to have an electrician do it. Right. So, and that then um, flows through to other things like, when I was considering what to, how to basically make these old school switches smart, there's a, a really cheap Sonoff product, which I use outside, um, which is basically a switch on and off. And then there's the Shelleys. Now the difference is that the Shelleys in Australia are certified, which means that you can use them in your house. And if something mm -hmm. burns down, your insurance, your insurance still covers it, but you cannot wire them up yourself. So there's all okay. these little rules that come into it. So yeah, um, which is why I've only got Shelleys, um, pretty much. But Shelley is a brand from Bulgaria, I think. But they're mm. extremely high quality. I've never had any issues with them. I must, have, I must yeah. say, um, where the Sonoff ones have been a bit more hit and miss. Um, and and they come in many different varieties. So do you want a dimmer? Do you want one that has one switch, two switches? Do you want one that uh, monitors your energy? Do you want one that's just a Wi-Fi switch with no power? Like there's all these kind of different editions of them. So does that answer your question? I was, I was actually going to ask you about the legalities of stuff because obviously um, my experience with, with home automation was living in Texas where, you know, you could do just about whatever you want. So, so there wasn't any, you know, obviously you, you could get things certified or at least inspected, you know, if you're, if you're worried about it and, and, you know, um, we never did anything dodgy or that wasn't above board. Right. But yeah, since being moved back to Australia, you know, yeah, you, you're technically not even allowed to change a light plug, you know, yourself, which is no. really annoying. Um, really, really annoying when you, when it's, when you actually do enjoy like, you know, doing that type of stuff. Right. So, so yeah. you, you get, I mean, the idea is if you're going to do home automation, you've got to get a, an electrician to come in and then every time you need to do a light switch and come in and yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Um, yep. I've been I just had him out actually. So in about two weeks, he's going to come and install like four different Shelleys, uh, remove some old wiring, put in hmm. another four lights, and then mm -hmm. I can hook it all up with Zigbee, which is another mm -hmm. uh, wireless communication platform, so I can use it all smart. But, yeah, it is a little bit mm -hmm. tedious. I must admit, mm -hmm. though, 
wiring up like a three relays Shelly switch does scare me a bit. So. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a curious thing because um, I've been running into this a little bit with, um, with some of the car projects. I, I'm a big sort of car guy and I, I have um, an old car that I restored over in the US and I brought it back mm-hmm. to, to Australia. Um, and I've been running into all the lovely things, issues with engineering and, oh, but you can't do that. I'm like, but what it is now is a thousand times safer than it was when it was built in 1955. Yes, but you, you know, you should have just left the 1955 stuff, right? It's some, sometimes that, that it doesn't even make it make any sense. But anyway, let's not uh, digress on that, that wow. crazy rabbit hole. But I imagine that's very much how the home automation thing would be around here also. Um, an actual real yes. question that, that isn't my opinion. Sorry, go, go, go ahead. No, it's just a comment. It's, I think we're getting to a point with home automation where it's getting simpler, hopefully. Um, yeah. But it's it's a complex route to get it to simple, if that makes sense. Mm. But yeah. And that was actually that – yeah, mm. sorry. I was going to say that's a no, perfect segue actually for the question I was going to ask, which is the sort of getting into – it right seems like it could be a really complex thing for someone who doesn't know much about it because you've got zigbee you've got you know wi-fi connected stuff you've got i don't know other protocols as well that that you can that you can use i forget the names of them all but you've got all of that type of stuff and then you've obviously got the the ecosystems right that are a little bit more closed like the smart home stuff the the samsung uh stuff versus um you know something like um home assistant which is very very open and, and, you know, like anything open source allows you to do whatever you want, but requires a certain amount of skill and isn't just a click, 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 like, like um, you know, something like um, the, I don't know, I can refer to it again as the Samsung thing, but... Uh, yeah, sure, um, or the Apple uh, thing. Yeah, or the Apple yeah. thing or the old Wink thing, right? Or whatever, whichever other thing you, you, you want to use. Do, do you think things are getting easier as far as that is concerned, like making decisions around the protocols and, and usage of things? Yeah, it, it it has. There's a there's a. You got to determine the level of nerd you are as well. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't if you don't enjoy fiddling and tinkering, and you just want things to work. Yeah. It's not hard to get into because you buy the stuff that says works with yeah. Apple, yeah. Home, out of the box, uh, HomeKit, yeah. or Google, whatever. Right? You just it works. Mm-hmm. Now you might have sixteen thousand different apps on your phone, but it's likely <laughs> you only ever say, hey, you know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say that word because my phone will turn on. But hey, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. and then turn on lights, whatever. Um, so you can absolutely do that. And it's not hard to get into. You can buy you know, a couple of smart bulbs or whatever, and it'll work pretty easily, pretty quick. Um, but then you get to the point where you're like me and Warren, where you go, yeah, but you know what? I want to I use that mm. motion sensor I have. And when that triggers, I want to do this other thing. Mm. And then suddenly you go, well, they're two different ecosystems. How, yeah. how am I going to do that? And that's why we both have gone to a system like Home Assistant, which, yes, is open source. But to be honest, open source usually means there's three people that do all the coding yeah. <laughs> to make to maintain the stability. And it's it's pretty pretty stable, right? Um, that is. It's, it's that not. Is. I don't know anyone that would download the, and mess around with themselves and not just install no. it. Um, no, no. So uh, it, it's a pretty stable. Even then, you also, you also learn to, to do the, the, the VM version. Like, it's one of those things that you just, you know, it's a. It updates its OS by itself. It updates the core by itself. It updates the containers by itself. You just don't even touch it. You don't even like you. Nobody installs Home Assistant. 
<laughs> you download Home Assistant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I put it on Raspberry Pi Yeah, because I wanted it to be on its own thing. Um, Do you find it charges your memory cards, though? <laughs> it does what? It charges your memory cards with all, the, with all the read writes for the logs. No. I found that no. whenever I put it on a Pi, my memory cards didn't last very long. The read writes just... Yeah, right. Well, you're not the first one to tell me this, um, and I'm no. considering doing something like a. Now we're going to get really nerdy, but a uh, a Raspberry, a home like a yellow they made, Home Assistant Yellow, okay, because um, you can have it on a MM2, I think it is, okay, um, memory, mm-hmm. which doesn't degrade apparently. I'm not a hardware guy, and uh, well, not as much <laughs> um, anymore. Yeah, well, not my software developer. I got into hardware. Um, okay. But it's, yeah, it's, there's many ways of installing Home Assistant. Um, there's many ways of configuring it, and there's many ways of getting into a lot of trouble with it. Hmm. Uh, it's very easy to mess up if you really want to. Um, you are, all the usual, are you, so the premise of Home Assistant is that you have this core, which is a basically just a piece of software that runs hmm. on some compute device. And then you install all these integrations an integration could be your my Unify Protect cameras. So then I get all the camera information into Home Assistant as sensors, and I can, you know, use those to do things. Um, so I have, you know, uh, air pollution sensors. I have, you know, cameras. I have water measuring things. I have light switches. All those are in Home Assistant through these integrations from different platforms. Mm. And there's thousands of them. Um, have you written so- one? I have not. I've not written a full one. I have fixed a few bugs in my weather station thing. Okay. Um, but no, I haven't written one because I haven't had to. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's cool. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I bought these Govi light LEDs. Oh, there's an integration for that. Right. The most obscure thing, someone has done a thing for it. Um, yeah, I recently put up. Um, I use NFC tags to put on my bins. So if I haven't tapped my bin with my phone. On Wednesday morning, I get notifications all the time going, you need to put the bins of the road. You need to put the bins of the road. You need to put, like, until I do it. Um, and then I realized that someone had built an integration for recycling schedules or garbage schedules in Home Assistant as an integration. Like, That's really? Uh, yeah, so different, you know, councils and whatnot in all over the world has APIs for their recycling and rubbish schedules, and they were all in there. And mine wasn't, of course, because my council is living in the 1960s, um, <laughs> I, I literally get a PDF, which looks like an IQ test, and that's my recycling <laughs> schedule. Um, so that's ridiculous. So, yeah, so it's back to your question, Chris, like how easy is it to get into? It's really mm. easy. And yeah. then it's you can just chip away at the next thing. Oh, mm. oh, that sounds interesting. I might want to do that. And it, eventually you sort of get to an idea where like, either you go, all right, I'm done. This is too complex. Or you go, ooh, what else can I do? <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm. I Do you do anything with Azure with it then? Like, so yeah, have you? There you go. Yeah, that's that's the next question, right? Is how much yep. how much Azure yep. stuff have you have you done with it? Because I, so, me personally, I looked at digital twins and IoT hubs, and I was like, mm, maybe next year. <laughs> I've got some time. Yeah, it's like I keep thinking of using like digital twins or, or those things, which are the Azure IoT solutions, which come with yes. pre pre um, certified. Like devices, like it will always yeah. work on this device, and there's many mm. of them and stuff. But I think of like orchards mm. for some reason. 
you have one on each apple tree and it tells you how many apples you got when you shake the tree or something. Oh, there yeah, you go. Bruce has got something. 100%. Yeah, there you go. It makes sense. It's been sitting on my desk for like four years. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So, so I think there's real value in something like Azure IoT. I I'm, don't deny that, mm. but it's not something I use for my home. Mm. Um, what I have done, though, is um, sort of in the home automation kind of way is that I built, it's not running right now. But I built Llama Cam, so I have llamas on my farm, and <laughs> I built llamacam.com.au, um, which was live streaming my my llamas through the cameras on Azure. Um, That's awesome. I know. <laughs> um, and it was it was it was one of these lockdown projects. So in Australia, we had these COVID lockdowns where you couldn't go anywhere. We live on a yeah. farm; we couldn't check our mailbox because it's on the road. That's the kind of level of legality people get into. Um, so what do you do? Well, I just did that. I was like, oh, I'm going to learn how to use Azure Media Services. And I set that up and I was streaming llamas on the internet. And people that were sitting in their two-bedroom apartment went, oh, llamas, yay. <laughs> so everybody was happy. Um, I had all these That's ideas awesome. for, yeah, I was going to actually, not. well, it's a little bit of a gun, what I call a gunner project. I'm not sure I'm actually going to do it. But I wanted to use Azure Cognitive Services. I built the model for detecting llamas in the shop because often there wouldn't be llamas on the camera because it's a big paddock. Mm. I only have four cameras. And so if the llama walked into the front of the shot, you could get notified. So I was going to use Azure Cognitive <laughs> Services for that. Lama but I have, still have the model. <laughs> hey, yeah, oh, you can learn. Cool. Exactly. Lama alert. How, cool. how did you train a cognitive services to know what a llama looks like? So, so Azure has these machine learning services called cognitive services, which are basically predefined models for you. So uh, Microsoft said, hey, here's something that people do over and over and over again. We've built all these models for you, and we're going to keep improving on them. But you can just use them. Went, oh, sweet. Mm. So you don't have to build the model yourself. And so you, I gave this model uh, 20 photos of llamas, some that were clear <laughs> shots, some were from my actual cameras, and said, these are llamas. And then yes. I gave it 20 photos of not llamas. So that would be like horses, giraffes, you know, stuff that looks like llamas but aren't. And yeah. say these are not llamas. So in case a deer ran in or yeah. whatever, right? Um, so you would know what a llama is. And it, it, it was 100% accurate. Like every oh, single photo cool. was always 100%. Um, and it took me, it literally took me half an hour. <laughs> um, awesome. But the cool thing is, when I did it, I was on a really like the government, Australian government satellite connection. Right now I'm on Starlink, which is a vast improvement. But I only had 100 gigs of data a month. So how do you stream stuff and let alone do an AI processing thing? Yeah. Um, mm. So it turns out that these cognitive services, you can actually download the model and run it locally as well. You can, So I was yeah. going to do that. Um, but I never cool. got to that bit of doing that last bit because it yeah. just never happened. But I, yeah, it's still, it's on my to-do list. <laughs> it's... It, it's so the, that's a, it's interesting, right? Because I'm sure regular listeners of the show are probably thinking at this point, like, why are we talking about Home Assistant when, yeah. you know? Um, actually, we were talking right? about uh, uh, llama recognition on the edge <laughs> network. Exactly, the edge, yeah, exactly edge, right? That's what I was going to say, right? Is I think I think this is a very practical way where folks, just general Joe public folks that are not necessarily techies or people that are, you know, that work in tech, are using cloud services for various things, right? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think this is a perfect example of that. Like a lot of the time though, I mean, a lot of these folks don't even know necessarily how these things work or are enabled. And I think there are some problems with that and I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But I was going to share an example. Um, I had built uh, 
a, a, a cat feeder <laughs> to feed. We, we got a cat when we moved to Texas. So, you know, uh, we had, we, we got a, ended up getting a cat because my wife, was, I would buy she, that. She loves cats. I really would. Yeah, so, so yeah, Carmen was, she was, you know, she, she loves cats and she wanted to get a cat. So we adopted a cat. The problem was we, when we first got him, we would feed him in the mornings. Right. And then he learned that, well, if we're sleeping, as soon as we wake up, he's going to get food. So he would come and wake us up and it would get earlier and earlier and earlier for him to wake us up. So I just, I was just like, come on, man, I got to figure out a way. So one, it was over the Christmas break one day, one year, I thought, you know what, I'm going to build something that I can, I mean, of course I just go buy something, but I'm going to build something that I can use to feed him. And so I, with a lot of like, I had some PVC pipe and some servo motors and, and a, a, one of the photon chips, which is really very much like an Arduino, but it's, it's internet connected by default and they have some really cool web services. And I put all this stuff together and then um, I used Azure Automation. It's a very, very simple, just an Azure Automation schedule to call the, the webhook, right? And so, you know, at a particular time of day, it would just call the webhook and burp, it would That's just cool. like spit food out. I'd buy that. Uh, but- <laughs> I would totally buy that. Yeah, and then I—I I mean, I wrapped up. I created a little, uh, a little web, um, you know, web app that had a button on it. It was just like a single-page uh, web app that just had a one button. Yeah, you feed, should teach the cat to use the button, yeah. like on an iPad. Well, yeah, he—he <laughs> he lost interest in it, and ultimately, <laughs> I didn't love you. <laughs> I think I still have the the the, product, the the thing sitting somewhere in my in my garage, but he lost interest in it basically because he realized, you know, uh, this was anyway. But it was a success in as much as like it actually worked the whole thing. But he didn't want to eat out of it, so it didn't quite work so well. But uh, <laughs> I thought I'd I'd share that example because I think, I think it, is, it is pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. I, a, you can see behind me there that there that is my uh, my garden which is supposed to be sprouting, but for some reason it's not sprouting. I need to check, you know, I don't know, soil and all sorts of things. But that's also Arduino. It sort of like waters itself. There's a light and it'll just water itself based on or, the moisture. Or it doesn't water itself, which is why it's not sprouting. It's not sprouting now. But, I mean, in principle, the thing is watering itself mm. and it's keeping the moisture right. So obviously there's just some other issues somewhere along the line. Now, a mate of ours here, Alan, uh, Nick knows Alan, um, mm, also an MVP. Yeah. And he's gone. And something that's cool about this thing is he literally just took a breadboard um, with some cables and he tapped into the jumpers on this little Arduino guy and got it talking to um, IoT Hub just using an ESP32 with the Wi-Fi connection. And he was able to just, I mean, dude, the thing's probably like 20 or 30 lines of code um, in an Arduino sketch. And he's now, so essentially what's happening is the moisture data from the sensors is going up into Azure. And then you can graph that and you can Mm -hmm. power BI that and you can display that in so many different ways to a CEO of a company and they'd be impressed. And that stuff is like quick and easy. I mean, some of the stuff that they oh, do yeah. inside of Azure, which also leads me to my next thing is, you know, there's a good chance you could tell chat GPT to write that sketch for you if you wanted to, which I find is pretty scary at the moment is it's like, okay, how about you help me code this thing? I wanted to do this. I wanted to do this and I wanted to be in that language. Mm. And you will have it back in 30 seconds. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah. I've done that a little bit with very mixed results, I must admit. Um, mm. 
I tried with some Azure CLI commands, like, oh, I can't remember the commands. I'll ask ChatGPT, you know, what's, yes. I want to create a policy that does this. Mm. Um, and it'll give me the policy, but then the CLI command is wrong. Okay. So you run it through and they go, and then Azure goes, I don't know what you mean. What are you talking about? Mm. Like in this case, it was a, uh, a lifecycle management policy, I think it was. Mm. I was just writing about it in the, one of the chapters in the book. And it just spat out something that Azure just went, no, I don't, I don't know what that is. So I had to look it up anyway. Um, but, but then you could tell you could tell ChatGPT to do it, right? You could be like, I'm experiencing the following error with the command that you gave me. And then it goes and yeah. it says, okay, well, let me go and have a look for you. And then it tries to fix its own mistake. Yeah, and I did that. I said, no, no, you got to use this command. And it was still, it still got it wrong. It, it changed that okay. command, but then something else was wrong. So it's, it's not always 100%, uh, okay. but it will get... And this is, this is storage This is storage lifecycle management, eh? Yep. Yeah, for correct. blobs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what I was, um, one of the things I wanted to kind of ask and get, get the opinion of here is, you know, we're saying it's great that all these things exist, right? And you can connect a toaster and every other thing in your kitchen to, to the internet. Um, now, not, not trying to be all Skynet or anything here, but do we, should we be concerned about the security aspects yes. of some of these things? Because yes. we're not, we're <laughs> yes. not, you know. Next question. <laughs> all right, well, not, not much of a discussion here then. Because no. I was going to say, I, one of the things that we talk about all the time on the show is, Update your stuff, right? And and I feel yeah, like uh -huh. for the for the next Ignite conference, we're going to have some Cloud Architects T-shirts that say, you know, update your stuff, and the other ones are going to say, stop buying stuff, right? Because <laughs> I don't want because those one. are like themes, right? Yeah. A lot of these things are not even they, they don't even have update mechanisms or, or, or things. And do you think that the 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 solution is to stick with? reputable vendors like Shelly and places like, you know, organizations like that, that are making these things and, and think it through, or is the $2 thing of eBay? I mean, I don't know how you can make a plug for $2, but I mean, you can go on, on you know, Alibaba or Amazon and you can get a $2 relay. I, I, I what was that thing? I had, um, I actually ordered one because it was a, it's an actual, uh, a relay, basically just a tip, you know, automotive relay that has a GSM card in it. Right, and the the thing is, the idea is, is that you could text it a command, a commandlet, and it will, you know, shut off the the the, the circuit or not. And and people are wiring these things into their cars because they're um, you know, they're using them for uh, you know, whatever fuel pump starts and, and and all sorts of things. Well, that it's not encrypted in any way, and it has no security. So anyone can text the number with the correct string of commandlets, yeah. and mm -hmm. they've just shut you down. Some insurance spam cuts your car out. <laughs> well, let's not even go there, right? But I, I mean, the point I'm making is like there's so much of the stuff that's really cool, like at, on the surface, but as soon as you start yeah. digging deeper, you think you realize it really hasn't been put together very well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I do a few things. Uh, I'm certainly not the most security minded person in the world, but I'm, I'm aware of it, right? And one of the things I, any IoT device does not go on my home network. So I have a separate mm. VLAN that is only for IoT oh. stuff. So mm. all of the sensors, um, all of like all the, the Google speakers um, from mm. various brands, um, all those things, everything is on their IoT network. Um, and then I just firewall it off. So it cannot get to any of my machines, right? Um, that's so, very cool yeah Terrible. so so that's that's the one thing i was like okay well 
my logic brain can figure that one out, <laughs> right? So, so that's the one step. Now, the real challenge, which you just mentioned, Chris, is updates because mm -hmm. there is no facility. Well, there is a facility, but it's very, very rarely used mm -hmm. uh, in Home Assistant to update all your things. You mm -hmm. pretty much either have to have an auto-update, which is scary in itself, or you have to go to each platform and update everything. Um, mm. I've actually got a, a YouTube video scheduled or scripted on how to kind of try and manage that because it's a nightmare. Um, but that, there's a couple of things you can do. One is, as you said, use reputable brands. Um, not that they won't go wrong, but you're likely mm. to know if they go wrong um, mm. because everybody has breaches all the time, right? No one's sort of seemed to be immune of that. And then right. the other thing I, I tend to strive towards is using what's called the Tuya platform, T-U-Y-A. Mm. So Tuya is a company that builds IoT things, everything from mm. vacuum cleaners to pet feeders to dishwashers to plugs to whatever. Mm. And a lot of companies will rebrand Tuya devices to their own thing. Yeah. So own. I have um, PowerPoints that I bought from Kogan, which is an Australian online seller, and they're all Tuya plugs, and you can just adopt them onto the Tuya platform. Mm. And not that that makes you immune to any sort of hacks or attacks or whatever, but at least you have mm. like a single platform. Mm. Yeah. Um, and very often you can do that with the vast majority of these sort of no-name brand devices because they're not going to build their own platform. They're going to build the yeah. hardware, which yeah. is what they're good at, but then they're going to go, oh, what can I put it on? What platform? Mm. Um, so even reputable brand in Australia, I've looked into um, irrigation for the garden. There's a brand called Holman, which is an Australian brand, that do really nice, chunky sort of high-end stuff. It's also Tuya. Mm. Um, so that's probably the two things I, I mostly stick to, or three things. You know, it's IoT network for on its own, using the Tuya platform, or go with sort of reputable brands like Philips for my light bulbs. I think that's a really good, those are good tips. I, and, and it actually reminded me of um, a discussion thread I saw on Twitter the other day around, you know, we're all working from home now. How many of us have a separate work from home network versus our network where our washing machine and our TV and, you know, iPads are on, yep. right? I, I, yep. I, which is really weird because it caught me because I'd like to think that I'm above average security minded. And, and I was like, oh, actually, I don't, I don't do that. My wife and I, we have our internal network that, you know, here at home. And obviously I, I do what you do is I also, anything that has to talk outward and doesn't communicate inside to anything is, sec is segmented off and I have guest Wi-Fi and all of that. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't separate my my work network from my browsing the internet network, right? And I'm, I'm curious, like how many of you guys do that? Nick, Nick Warren, do you guys, have you ever thought What's of that? Because I hadn't. What? Why? Well, just just if you if you um, you know if you're connecting to customer environments and stuff like that, you know what I mean, and then you also head off to Pornhub on the weekend and something, <laughs> you know what I mean. You you not that any of you guys <laughs> Pornhub in any way, but you What's know what I mean. I'm just saying. You're talking about <laughs> yes. Um, uh, it just it's it's more of a just a safety segregation thing, right? So uh, and and the thing that I would even say is that I. I have different machines that I use for different things, but mm -hmm. I often use the laptop that I, you know, check my work email on and I log off that profile and I log onto another, like a personal profile and I check my personal email, right? I've never thought, hang on, like, is sure. there a segregation here? But um, it's an interesting I thought, right? Yeah. 
things like VPN tunnels and stuff like that would probably also solve that issue. It's I'm loath to make it more complex than it has to be as well. Exactly, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone would, right? But I don't also think that like when the whole world started working from home all of a sudden, anyone really came up with any guidance around this and said, you know what I mean? Like obviously um, organizations said, if you want to connect to our stuff, here's the VPN. Yeah, well, thing. I think I think that's where I think that's where the big the big deciding factor is, right? Is you know, as far as the company that you work for is concerned, the onus is on them mm -hmm. to protect themselves from your messes, if that makes sense, right? So, <laughs> and they do. Like, I mean, most of the time. as far as I'm concerned, I mean, in my house, I mean, look, there's a lot of stuff that could be hacked. Whether it is hacked or not is another story. I mean, as it's not like I leave my banking password in a clear text file on my desktop. I mean, you know, it's not like a, you know, if somebody had to hack into my home network, they'd be able to steal some photos. Um, I guess. I mean, I don't know what yeah, else. But I, but I guess really, what I'm saying as, as well you, you is know, that. You know, like my, my, my iDevice, all my iDevices, my Macs hmm. and those sorts of things, when I connect to Microsoft corporate network, I mean, <laughs> the policies on my devices are retarded. Um, there's... Hmm. You know, Defender for Defender for for web is there, and it's got its own VPN. Defender for Defender. Yeah, dude. Yep, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, when 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 my phone connects to the internet, it immediately dials a VPN up to itself, right? All my web web traffic is proxied through the device anyway. So, I think it's all about how you feel personally as an individual. If somebody had to get into your network, right, and steal some stuff, what could they steal? And right now, I think to myself, you know what? They wouldn't be able to steal anything, <laughs> really. Well, I mean, you know, a bit of passwords, a bit of this, a bit of that. I mean, a bit of uh, pictures, a bit of this, a bit of that, a couple backups, documents and things. But nothing that could, I guess, destroy my life. Um, yeah, but I'm not – see, I think us, the, uh, us on this call, like we – I think we probably are not your average target either, right? But even mm. if you if you think about, um, you know, the recent LastPass stuff, and yeah, yeah. some of the other breaches recently, like how were those breaches perpetrated? Well, they went after the person on his Correct. his own device, right? Yeah. At, 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 I mean, come home. on, <laughs> that guy works for LastPass. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, right? So, yeah. so like, uh, it, 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 this, this is the point I'm trying to make, right? Like, obviously, Microsoft's yeah. a different. It's a different kettle of fish. But a lot of a lot of folks, their internet is basically the ISP router that they got given when they signed up to, you know, Aussie broadband. Um, Absolutely. So you, they can't update it. It doesn't get updated. And they've never thought twice about, well, I'm checking my work email and I'm also torrenting the latest, you know, Ted Lasso episode. And <laughs> those, do you know what I mean? Like the, the there's that, it's a very interesting conversation. I think it can go, you know, you could really dig yeah. into the weeds with it. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a sort of, why would they come after me, right? What do I have? But in yeah. the case of, case of LastPass, they mm. targeted that software developer through Plex, of all things, right? Right. Yeah. right. That's pretty damn specific. How many of us um, have Plex servers at home? <laughs> I know anymore. I, I finally trashed mine. Yeah. Mine's gone. Yeah. <laughs> mine's not externally available, right? Yeah. Um, so, but it's... Okay, so which which things do we have that are actually outwards facing? I have Unify stuff that I guess says over the internet, so protect and whatever. Okay, I'm pretty sure they're going to be all right. You know, if someone mm. can get in through that, they've got bigger problems. Mm -hmm. um, and then Home Assistant, really, which mm. is through I'm I'm paying Nabucasa for their 
mm. remote Same. access, but you don't have to. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so it's sort of like, okay, the, the attack service is really, really, really tiny. Mm -hmm. I'm much more worried about my 17-year-old who is a massive nerd with computers as well. So he has his own wife. Actually, he bought his own Starlink. He was sick of me having control <laughs> over his internet. So he's, yeah, no, so we've got two Starlink connections. Um, but I'm more worried about the phishing and the mm. scam, you know, the, the spam mm. links, all those things, yeah, which that's, that's no security in the world can, you know. Yeah, and it's it's it gets difficult, right? Because I get any number of these spam texts all the time. And I, it's hard for me to differentiate them. I, I'm, yeah. I, I had to, they, thanks they, chat GPT. They, they are getting really good. I, I had, um, all of my, like my medication, like medication and, and, and stuff for my doctor. It's all, it's all gone on, uh, e-script now, right? Everything's all online. Yep. So you don't get the little paper anymore. So it's all, it's all digital. That's, that's kind of fun. But then they, they were trying to contact me the other day about, uh, about something that I needed to pick up from the pharmacy. But, they wouldn't give the information of what it was because obviously it, privacy, privacy, right? Yeah. So it's just like your 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 pickup has been cancelled. Click link for details. Well, that looked dodgy as hell to me. So I was like, I'm not yeah. clicking yeah. this link. So I just deleted the text. So then I run off to the pharmacy three hours later. I'm like, hey, I'm here to pick up my thing, and they're like, oh no, we texted you to tell you that was cancelled. I'm like, oh yes, that was that text. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's be, be, every organization is starting to text you stuff. And the, the bad guys are looking into it. It's a very real issue. Yeah, I don't know uh, what I it can, is with text messages. Why it's so popular? Yeah, um, yeah. Everything's a text message. It seems it's like no, we have better ways of doing things. Uh, um, but it, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not too worried about my home network being mm. hacked. I'm more worried about things I put in the network, such as yeah. all my IoT things or phishing things in general. So yeah, um, I don't know if I'm being careless, but that's sort of been my attitude to it. No, but it's an interesting conversation, right? I even it, it made me think the other day when I saw the, the thread. I thought, ah, oh, really interesting, because I had never actually myself considered it. You know, I do no. all the things that I'm that that I think I'm supposed to be doing, multi-factor on on all the stuff, and you know, I'm multi-factored out the wazoo at this point. Like, I just you know, yeah. do I really need another multi-factor? <laughs> um, well, and you only need one multi-factor app. That's it, right? And we all well, know which one that one is. Well, yes, but you say that, but the thing is, I mean, how many of us have customer, customer, I, I, I think at this point I've now used every single one of them because oh, really? every no, customer. Look, I, I've been lucky enough to like narrow yeah. it down just to the one. Eh? I use the Microsoft auth app and that's it. Like everything goes. I in. try and put everything in Google. That's it. Oh, you got the Google auth. auth. Okay. does yeah. not work for me. The, the See, the Microsoft one I liked rubbish. because it backed up the iCloud. That I enjoyed. So that, you yeah, know. Yeah, but it doesn't back I'm, up everything. Yeah, move my phone and then, you know, things yeah. would work. So on my that's phone, happened to me before, hey, when you like move to a new phone and you forget to move the MFA. Yes, that does happen. Oof. So on my Not device good. right now, and this is specifically for, for like work stuff, right? This isn't personal, work related stuff. I have Duo, I have OctaVerify, and I have 40 token. Now, if you want to get a kick out of <laughs> the 1990s, you should try 40 token. <laughs> I remember that. Yes, and these I are do. just for different different customer type, you know, environments, right? Um, I obviously Is like that the Microsoft Dogecoin. Yeah, <laughs> my Dogecoin. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh that's man! Like... Nick, you've been uh, you've been you've been quiet. Um, 
is I've been is enjoying the, the show. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got all this reference to Dogecoin and and somebody mining some Dogecoin on their Plex server that's been hacked by the Chinese, which I shouldn't say because I'm in because you're in China, very close. <laughs> and and you know, there's there's all this thing of um, attack platforms of the world unite and uh, but let's MFA them so we can be safe. And uh, actually, it doesn't matter how safe you are because at the end of the day. If uh, someone with enough money comes after you, me, right? Yeah, but and then, I think that's the general conclusion. But then that's an honor, isn't it? If someone wants to spend that much money on you. Well, <laughs> it's, I don't think it's about you, but what you have got access to, because you're you're the gateway yeah. to your company, right? So uh, it's it's either you or it's your your coworker who's got a slightly less secure Plex server than you do. Exactly. We all have our own. No, never mind. Yeah. And yeah, look, actually, I think the one thing I have done in terms of, of network segregation is uh, I've made sure that my kids have got their, their own Wi Fi hotspot that's that's separated from the, the rest of the house because I don't trust what they click on. Yeah. No. <laughs> Same. Fair enough. Oh, but then what do you do, though? Do you just let them make that mistake? Well, yes, and this, well, well, if, if Dad has to rebuild your machine because you did something stupid and you can't do your schoolwork for two days because Dad's busy, then you learn not to click on those links, right? Yeah, it's another. I had a thing the other day with my daughter shopping. Believe it or not, yeah. that was it was a surprise. It was a thing because um, you know I get the the SMS notifications for a bank account, mm -hmm. and look, she's twelve years old, right? Um, she buys stuff on Take A Lot for birthdays and things like that. And she found something that she wanted online and she saw that in Shopify, you get the ability to localize because you said never buy anything in dollars because you know it's international and it may not get you. Mm. So Shopify shows her RANs, right? And it shows her RANs because it's based on DNS, geolocation, whatever the case may be yep. is. And so she's like, but dad, it was in Rands. And you said, don't buy anything overseas. Cause I said, Nunky, you gotta, you, <laughs> you gotta, uh, the, <laughs> this is an international website and we'd be lucky if this thing even gets here because it's already been purchased. And she's like, well, I didn't know. And I said, well, okay, well, first off, the first lesson is don't buy anything online without letting me know. That's the first thing, right? But again, then you're sort of taking away her independence to be able to do these things herself because I mean, it's, it's made simple like that on purpose. I mean, you know, kids order from Amazon all the time or whatever the case would be is, you know, you see the purchase, they've got enough pocket money, the money's in the account, you know, it is what it is. So it, it, was, it was a tough one because I had to tell her, no, don't do that. But in actual fact, in some ways, she'd done nothing wrong. She, you know, she did what she's supposed to. She, you know, checked to see it was in RANS. She made sure that it had an HTTPS certificate, which it did because it's Shopify. I mean, Shopify is Shopify, right? I mean, it's not like it's dodgy or anything. But we may not get the product based on the postal system. So this may not be the same problem that somebody else is going to have in Australia or um, mm. the US, you know. So well, you've gifted a product to some someone. That's yeah, so, you know, like uh, all, all things airport to, didn't do anything yeah, wrong, right? Um, but yeah. at the same token, I had to say, okay, well, you kind of yeah. did something wrong, but you didn't really. Yeah. So it was, it was a tough one. It's interesting, though, because we, we, we think about cyber readiness and cyber education in the business context, but we never think about it. And I don't have kids, so I never yeah. will think about it in a 
the context of kids, but I'm sure, you know, how do you deal with that problem? If you are raising, uh, raising, a, you know, a family, have a family, how do you, you know, Carefully. yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, Carmen is so used to me talking about these things that she, I think she's just learned some habits from, from me and the way I do things. Right. But yeah, for the, I mean, how do you guys, do you, do you have a, a, like a weekly family meeting or a monthly family meeting with, with everyone around the dinner table going, okay, like here's, here's the so current threat landscape. Yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah. well, well, actually, what, one of the things that we, um, we know as a family is that uh, a lot of links are dodgy. And then my wife will um, and, and my, my kids will come to me and say, does this look legit? And I'm like, no. And then like, okay. So we understand this kind of thing yeah. looks, looks dodgy. So we don't do that kind of thing anymore. And uh, um, from a um, from a, a family point of view, I've, I've got to share a story with you guys really quickly because I'm uh, I am where I am, and I I met with a customer today whose name I will not disclose. And they they're a massive, massive, massive customer on, on this side of the world, and they're owned by a family, and I was met with the um, senior leaders in, in, in the IT department. We're talking about zero trust. We're talking about basic hygiene and that MFA is, uh, is mandatory for everyone on the organization and next-gen endpoint. And that, you know, I'm, I'm sprouting all the statistics around 96% of attacks are thwarted with good hygiene. And everyone's like, hmm, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> but what are we doing about that person who owns everything? And we're not talking about small money here. This, this company is massive, right? And they're like, mm. well, um, we're kind of working up the courage to tell them that they should be MFA'd and they should have antivirus on all of their devices. And uh, there might be some inconvenience for when they have to sign in. And I'm like, yep. you know, this is like the most high value target in the entire company. Yes. So it gets worse because they use their company email address to sign into social media, what? And it's like, um, well, why don't we just write names on billboards at this stage, right? Because we're talking about high-value targets and people who can sign off things to do with money and lots of money attached. And because they're family, it's it's like it doesn't matter if it's family, family who owns something, right? Or family who's family in your house and the the kids and spouses and that type of thing, having security conversations with people who don't want to be secure because it's inconvenient in some way means that one of us is going to be paid some money to fix a mess. Like yeah. that's what Chris does. You know, Chris gets parachuted into somewhere in the world and says, uh, sorry, um, made this mess and uh, will you fix it, please? And by the way, tell me tell me what we've lost because we don't know. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's your family or um, someone else's family and this stuff happens in companies all over the world and security is still a hard problem to solve. It doesn't matter if it's IoT or family or your own network or um, a conglomerate. Yeah, this is all saying that we're trying to fix stupid, but they keep making better idiots. Um, we we <laughs> always gonna have humans, that? right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the well, that's the that's the name of the show, for sure. No, that's the name we, of the episode. No, we we can't do that because you know the um the the uh no one one of the unmarked white vans will come after us. Yeah, I, exactly. like, I like that. But that's definitely the blurb. It's just, 
we're not going to get out of it. We're not going to get out of a job, right? It, it's yeah. We're going to continue no. to have humans. We're going to keep fixing one thing after another, making it a little bit more secure here. And then there's you know another cliche is the whole you know you got to be secure everywhere, but an attacker only needs to be uh, find yeah. one point, right? right. And and yeah. it's just we're not going to get out of having mm. you know breaches and attacks. It's just how do we mitigate them? How do we make sure that when they do happen, they don't get away with that much? Um, yeah. That's the interesting conversation. I don't think we will ever stop cyber attacks. No. Period. It's true. Mm. No. Yep. Just move somewhere else. So, yeah. Yep. I, I'm uh, paying attention to the time here, and I know Warren's got to kick off a work day. Sorry, oh, yeah. Warren. Uh, yeah, I can tell no you that uh, the evening Warren, on, on Wednesdays is pretty good, but you're still in the morning, so, so yeah. you've got to get through it. Um, yeah, it's, it's always great to. The day. Got something to look forward to. <laughs> Yeah, it's always great to have someone on that has sort of Warren's uh, energy, Lars. So, man, really appreciate you coming on and sharing some of the cool things that you've been doing. Um, uh, we'll, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to put some, you know, a ton of links in the in the show notes to some of the things that you you've kind of gotten up to. But um, is there anything that you want to plug about yourself or the Llama site or anything else? Llama that- Cam. <laughs> yeah. Llama. Llama Cam. No, it's Llama. Don't go to Llama Cam because it's. It's a fun project, but it's not very fun when there's no llamas and they're in the paddock down there, so it's not running right now. Um, would you no, chase them for like maybe if there's a button that chases a llama, would that be a thing? <laughs> Bring the well, llama they're, on they're, camera. There's 12 teenage boys right now, so good luck with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they're fine. Llamas are pretty How much pretty do llamas project. cost to feed? Uh, nothing. It's in oh, fact, really? it's not even my llamas. Uh, they're ah. neighbors' llamas, but he has them on our land. So I I'm see. a software developer. I'm not a farmer. I wouldn't know what mm-hmm. to do. But llamas are funny looking. They're easy maintenance. They don't mm-hmm. break things. They don't make any noise. So they're not like sheep. And I, okay. They actually well, protect the sheep. No, right? Oh, really? They do. That's, they guard yeah. animals. Um, yeah. okay. How do we know so much about llamas? Oh, Carmen's great for Australia. Yeah. Carver's grandpa has some of them on. Uh, well, he used to have them on his farm. They they, they don't look after the sheep. They just keep the critters because <laughs> yeah. they they're quite imposing. They they you know they're very big. lanky looking animals. Yeah, to, yeah. They listen to death metal and they got this huge knife in their fur as well. So, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, no, so there's two things I'd usually like like to get people to look at if they want to. I I'm I have a YouTube channel. And every couple of weeks, pretty much without fail for the last couple of years, I've put out a video on something I find interesting. It's usually home automation mm. or networking or Lego or maybe cars, but I haven't actually got done any car stuff yet. Um, but the one I just released this morning at the time of recording was how to use the unified G4 doorbell. I don't know if you're familiar with that device, but it's basically a smart doorbell mm. uh, as a gate intercom for my automated gate I put up. Um, and then I'm solar powering it. And yeah, oh, I didn't use cool. it in any way it was intended, so that was quite interesting. But then, of nice. course, I have one of those home assistant. Cams, yeah, um, <laughs> and then put it into home assistant, and then using what's called actionable notifications, which is when you get a notification mm. on your phone at the bottom, there's a little action item link thing you can press so you can open the gate directly when people ring the doorbell. Anyway, sure. it's good fun. Mm. Um, and then, of course, if you want to check out my book, which is not finished, I just finished chapter eight out of. 14 so i'm getting there okay. getting That's so is it, a, is it is the book on like pre-order or is it just uh it's still in progress right now and 
you, well, you it's, it's studying? Man- I'm writing it yeah, with Manning, which has this MEEP program, Manning Early Access Program. So you can actually buy it. So I think okay. you buy it cheaper if you buy it now, but you get access to everything I've written so far, okay. apart from chapter okay. 8, which isn't up there yet. Um, and you can sort of follow along. And then you can comment on it and say, hey, you're an idiot, this is wrong, or this is really good, or this is boring, or whatever it is. Um, and I can then adjust as I go. So you have sort of oh. involvement in the book writing process if you want to. Awesome. Very cool. So the book, <laughs> and if you want to see videos of Lars on his roof playing around with Starlink antennas uh, or satellites, then yeah, that, yep. that's, that's what you do. Sounds good. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> <all sorts. laughs> well, um, um, and the yeah, next great. video coming out is this is probably the coolest thing. I'll save this for last. This is the best thing. If if you watch if you if you're watching this on a podcast, yeah, great. If you're listening to this on a podcast. You guys will have to describe what I'm holding up. Oh, <laughs> Lego keyboard. <laughs> That's very cool. But it's an actual mechanical keyboard, and it's it's really good, wow. quite good quality. And I put myself on there. See. <laughs> and very oh, cool. wow! Look at that. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Anyway, I'm a nerd. <laughs> And we love nerds because we happen to be slightly nerdish ourselves. Exactly. (laughs) Very cool. Well, that's a great, great way to wrap the show, I think. Thank you, Lars, again for your time. And Warren, good to see you, buddy. Nick, see you you in a a few days, mate. Yeah. In a couple of days, yes. Yeah. Oh, really? Nice. Warren, we'll be waiting for you. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. We'll see you guys soon. Hey, everyone. Before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoy putting this podcast together for you every two weeks. Please visit us at thearchitects.cloud or alternatively drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you have to say. At the Cloud Arc.